little Sopranos intro. Oh, the vibes are right today. It's Bold Perceptions. We're back with another episode. Today we have an anonymous guest that sat down with me, Nick, in Milan. She used to work in the fashion industry. That's like the heart of the fashion world in Milano. And we talk about the dark realities and the truths of the model industry. We also talk about uh, Milani's perspective on the rest of uh, Italia and uh, Americans. I think it's pretty neat, uh, straightforward, kind of interesting, and you would like it very much. So make sure you share it. You share it with your friend, your mother, your grandpa, your your sister, your stepbrother, and whoever else. And have a fantastic, wonderful, beautiful day. Enjoy. Okay, <laughs> we're back on the terrace in my cute little Airbnb, staying with the family in Milano, and I'm with a Milanese girl. She's going to stay anonymous. What should we call you? Jane Doe. Okay, we'll call you Jane Doe. And she's staying anonymous because she's going to be raw and uncut about the fashion world, because when you think of Milan, you think of fashion. And then we're also going to speak on other spots in Italy, which she thinks um, what the general perception from Milanese people is about the rest of the country. And it's going to be interesting, going to be really cool. Um, we met each other here in Milan and she used to work in the, the fashion industry as a, what was it called? Booker. Booker. And she gave me a lot of inside details. If you guys remember, we had Anna on. She was a Czech model that had lived in Milan. And said that, you know, there was a lot of shady things that happened and it's not the world that everyone views on the television screen or online. So, Jane Doe, can you shoot our listeners uh, a background? So, um, I worked in a model management agency for like almost two years. Then I decided it was not really my scene. So, I started to work in marketing and uh, worked there for like one year because I needed like a break from all that. And you're born and raised in Milan. Yes, I am. How was the coronavirus? It was weird. The city was empty. We were locked inside our apartments for like two and a half months. The cities were, the streets were completely empty. No one was here. Weird experience. And I don't know. Hope it's not going to happen again anytime soon. And it really started hitting Milan um, right at the end of the Milan Fashion Week, right? No, we didn't even have the Milan Fashion Week. It was like it started during the Fashion Week, but we they did most of the of the shows online and events. They decided to leave people out of it. The shows were having place with doors closed, so the Fashion Week didn't basically happen this year. They canceled it. They canceled the one in June. They canceled the one in September. This upcoming month. The March one though is like when shit really started hitting the fan. We're like, oh, this is getting canceled. This might be serious. Yeah, but. The shows happened, but no one was there. Like, yeah, yeah, it was behind yeah, doors. It was behind closed doors, so. Yeah. Okay, well, hey, let's get into this thing right away. So tell me... Yeah, blow that out. <laughs> tell me what uh, your experience was really like in this world. I mean, obviously, you grew up in Milan, so you knew all about fashion and whatnot. And you probably grew up as a little kid, like, oh, this is so cool and pretty and beautiful. And then you got into it, and then your world kind of flipped. Well, yeah, I wanted to get into it because that, exactly like you said, I thought it was, wow, fashion, all the glitters, you know, beautiful and models and shows and all that. So I thought, why not? So I gave it a shot and they hired me. Like, 
yeah, I stayed there for a year and all my, all, all the things that I thought about it completely crumbled. Like none of it's real. Like everything is so fake and it's just nobody is really into fashion. They're all about money. The models are exploited. And the casting directors are basically like dictators in the world and all the agency need to do what they say and the agency are mean as hell to the models. So uh, that was really not my my scene. Was this a big shock or is this kind of known with the Milanese people about the fashion world? Like, do they think it's it's uh, shitty or they just put up with it or the money mm. talks? Uh, so, of course, you Because you guys are really into fashion, Milan no, people. No, but I still like it, but... So you think it's mean, like, you know, Devils Wear Prada kind of way, where the boss is a bitchy individual, bossing people around and being terrible to everyone. So you kind of know that, but until you experience it on your own skin, you you don't know how bad it is. Like, you work... You I was living at the agency for, like, seven weeks in a row when it was fashion week. You need to prepare, then you need to work there, and you basically eat and sleep and leave out of fashion. So either you're really passionate about it and you want to make your way out of it. And in order to get to the top, you need to like completely don't care about anything but yourself. So you need to treat people like shit and like get your way up to the top. And then maybe you're free because you set the rules. Otherwise, if you're just one of the people, like one of the pawn living like Anne Wintour or whatever her name is. Exactly. Yeah. But she's like one in a million. And if you really want to have your own people following you in a fashion industry you need to be heartless and ruthless and mean otherwise you're just one of the million people trying to i don't know spread their wings in a fashion world and you're not going to make it and you really need to be brutal and i'm not that kind of person so you know that it's mean i mean i knew what i was getting myself into but i didn't expect it to be to that point you know yeah and so a lot of these girls too are young and they come over here with these bright eyes and, and all that. And then they just get taken through the rigor. And you were like the mother of these models. Is that what you did? Mm-hmm. So as an agency, your job is that of making models grow. So you take the models from some agency in Lithuania, let's say, and you bring them here and you're everything to them. So everything you say to them is like, I don't know, gold. So they believe everything you say, they do what you say, and you're, yes, you're the mother, basically. So you need to tell them how to do, how to dress, what to wear, how to walk on the runway. You need to teach them how to act and, like, how to be when it comes to people. Because when you go to a casting, you need to be fresh and smiley and all, like, I don't know, young and fresh. And most of these girls are not, you know. So, yes, you basically, you're their mom. As an agency, that's your job. You need to develop the models and make them grow. But just one in a million makes it. So you have 20 girls from Lithuania coming with their hopes and dreams. And probably none of them is going to last more than a, more than one season. See, this is pretty sad, yeah. Because the East is just very um, wealth-wise different. You know, like the average salary in a lot of these places is like three to 500 euros a month. And that's crazy. So these people are coming over here with these these crazy fantasies and they get turned out, you know, and, and, uh, chewed up and, and spit out how seeing that firsthand, you know, what is, are they really just taken here and abused and used or what? They come, most of them come here for the experience of being in Milan as a model, you know, they want to try and be able to go back and tell I've been a model in Milan, but I don't think 
yes basically that's what you said they just come here they have a sh- like a season like a, a season is like a fashion week for it's called a season and like then, a spring summer winter, yes fall. so maybe they come here they have season summer season they maybe maybe they do four shows and then after that everyone's tired of it the market doesn't want them anymore and that's it so that's all they do so it's very sad they're usually super depressed afterwards. They came crying to the agency because they didn't make any money. And they owed the agency 600 euro for being here three days. And this is what I really find interesting because obviously, say, Americans or people that watch on the TV or see these, you know, girls on Instagram, like, you know, oh, they're so pretty and beautiful and they're living the life. But, you know, a lot of the time they're barely getting by. You were, they, te- you were yeah. telling me stories. They're getting coked out in the bathroom. I mean, yeah, like what... Are most of them kind of living a lie or what? They really struggle to get by because they think they're making... They, what they think is that if you're a model, you're going to be famous instantly. But that that not that's not what happens. You know, you just come here and you pay, I don't know, 100 euro for a show. And of course, that's They not, get paid 100 euro for a show. Yeah. And clearly that's not enough for them to leave because of course, as an agency, you give them an apartment and then afterwards they need to pay you back. So all that they earn, even if it's like 300 euro, they need to give it back to pay the apartment. So they basically, they are lucky if they go even with the debts they have to the agency. Otherwise, they go home and they have thousands of euro of debts towards the agency that they're never going to be able to pay back. So most of them are like super depressed, like they cry. And yeah, it's not a nice word. (laughs) Yeah. And like we were talking about, so there's like a big like bell curve with this, right? Where there's like 90, 95% of these models that are barely making anything. And then obviously there's the ones that are making multi, multi millions, right? But it's it's super hard to get to that level. Like a lot are just a flash in the pan. Yeah. I don't even know what, the, what it takes to get to the level. I guess you just need to be very lucky because if you have the, the one client that likes you, that it's super rich, then you're, then you're done. Then you, your career starts flowing and then... And you go with the flow and you make a lot of money, but you need to be very lucky. Like you need to be in Milan in the exact moment where the client is looking for a model that looks just like you, but it's just a shot, you know, you never know. So I don't know what the characteristics are to be that model, but it's really, really tricky. Like Now here's what a lot of people think and tell me if this is cliche or not, but are a lot of these models doing things behind closed doors to get to where they are, you know, networking? In that sense? Mm. So, yes and no. I mean, I know that some of the casting director of some shows, very important ones, especially with the guys, because a lot of people in the fashion world are gay, you know? It's mm-hmm. mainly gay casting director. So with the guys, they always try to get favors out of them to, uh, to walk the shows. And some of them eventually succumb to the like requests in order to get the show they want to i heard about stories of super because the guys are young as well i mean we're talking for the girls but there are some 15 year old guys from brazil yeah, that a lot have, of pedophilia have no clue where they are so if as as i said they look up they look up to these people working in the fashion industry like their muse or something they're like so, their dad or their father figure not really father but the, they believe everything they say so if they say, god if they tell them in, in order to walk a show you need to give a tiny favor to the casting director eventually they would do it because they're desperate because they want to be famous they want to have the money so 
it's just it works worse both for guys and girls. The girls maybe have it more easy because girls are the one making more money anyways. Guys are always paid less, like fifty percent less than the girls in everything they do in the fashion industry. How many of these girls turn to sugar daddies or escort jobs? Models where I mean, I'm talking about my own experience, but models rarely get to escort. I mean, maybe I just, after their career. Mm, I don't know because you, usually they settle with mm, richer models, like male models that are richer than them. So they stop working and then just home mamas or something like that. Yeah. Or they resort to being influencer on Instagram because a lot of the fashion industry is going on on Instagram right now. Agency are struggling a lot because models are working off like not in the agency but on Instagram. So a lot of them just become influencers or they they have their own brand of clothes or their own brand of earrings or jewelry and that's what they live off afterwards. I just met a few of them that probably ran in the direction of being escorts but they were very few compared to the a lot of girls that I've seen. Now this is interesting there. too because you have a a master's in marketing, mm-hmm. so you know a lot about like the social media sphere now and uh, what these models are going into. Is there is it a better opportunity now for most of them to do their own thing with Instagram? Mm, it's very different. Like if you have an agency to back you up, usually you get your money eventually. If you're working on your own and a client doesn't pay you, you have no nothing. Like no one is on your side to get the money. So maybe you work for free and you don't get any money because a lot of clients don't pay. Because what happens in the fashion world is that you do your work, so you take your pictures, let's say, and the client is going to pay you 30 to 60 days afterwards. If you have an agency that's going to back you up in that and the client is not paying, they can sue the client and they can get the money. If you're working on Instagram and they're going to say, hey, please, Model X, come here and work for me, then you go and the client's not paying, and then what do you do? You call a lawyer. It's a lot harder to get support if you're working as a freelance model, let's say, because you need to really trust the client and you need to know that he's going to pay you for sure. Otherwise, I heard a lot of stories about girls working on Instagram, never being paid. But they post the picture anyway, they don't care because the picture are theirs after you take them. So it's an opportunity if you have the right people behind you. Maybe you have a scouter, a scouter that helps you. A lot of people work with their own scouter, which is their own manager. So if you have someone like that behind you that helps you, then... You don't have a lot of fees that the agency might take you. You can work freelance so you don't have an apartment to repay or you can just go where the work is, like for sure. Like you go to Milan because you know for sure you have a job because someone is contacted you and wanted you there. But if you're in Milan and you're on stay here in the city, you never know if you're going to work or not. You know, it's like a Russian roulette. Um, but you said too the agencies aren't the funnest to be around. Like these are, I mean, this is cutthroat business. You said like everyone hates each other. It's all Basically. just fake. So maybe is it a better route to go the Instagram way? I mean, what is so bad about these agencies? Is it just brutal or what? <sighs> the thing is, like you were telling me, you get invited to the parties and they're talking shit behind your back, but they have to invite you because it's business and no one likes anyone and it's a total. Basically, fuck fest. yes. I mean, it's like. It's like a lobby, like the richest people own the agency, but they, there's always a rivalry between the agency, who has the better models, who has the better shows, who books the best jobs. And if you're working at an agency and someone you know is in another one, maybe you talk to each other saying, ah, ciao, come va, amore, you know how we are. <laughs> 
And then you turn around, you hang up the phone, you're like, oh, this bitch, I hate her. <laughs> you have no idea how many times I heard of this. And like, I think it's hideous that you need to work with these people because they do the same with you. Like, if they do it with someone, you can be 100% sure that the second you leave the room, they're going to do it with you. And it's super competitive, so no one is going to care for a second that they're going to hurt you or put you under a train if they need something they're just gonna do it and you're just a casualty on the way because they need to get it to the top you know personally i don't really like this kind of work environment and for the models if they have the right bookers they can really work a lot but if they cross path with their bookers then all of a sudden they stop Black working ball, blacklisted yes it takes one second for the agency to drop out a model because suddenly they don't care anymore and they can do it you know and this is interesting too about fashion world as we see a lot of it now with um like the whole woke movement and you got uh, you know the transsexuals and then like uh the curvy movement and like the si models and i guess the <clears throat> fashion industry is really um like virtue signaling it seems at times but in the end is it all about money for these people I think so, yeah. I mean, they don't really care about having a curvy model on the runway. They just do it for being on the covers because they had a curvy model walking the show. But in the end, this is just one thing, a you know, one-time thing, you know. They're just going to always want a beautiful girl with skinny jeans wearing size zero. But because the curvy girl is, of course, perfect to get their names on the cover of the newspaper saying, oh, this brand had model, a curvy model walking the show. And they're going to talk about you as a brand but then for the big campaign you're never going to book a model that's more than a size zero that's what i saw at least i mean victoria's secret had the curvy models like last year and the ceo was fired because he said that he didn't want them anymore because he just wanted the angels you know to keep the image of the angel and he was kind of right because eventually fashion goes all back to this and i think it would be weird that from out of the blue you get curvy models on the runway because fashion is what it is i mean either you accept it and you embrace it you can't change it radically and no one is gonna like it no one is gonna ever make it their the right standards to be curvy because you always have to be a model to be a model i don't know how to say it's like weird to be said you know yeah it's just it's just interesting and it kind of relates to what you were what I was saying about from the outside perspective, looking in and everything's so glamorous and beautiful, but it's really just, you know, a shit show in there. And it's the same thing with them, you know, acting like they're all for, you know, all these different, uh, these groups, LGBTQ2 and, and all those different ones. But in the end, it's all about money. Like they, they don't really care for the cause and whatnot, which is, you know, quite interesting. Um, you were telling me about some of these parties. It gets crazy here in Milan Fashion Week. You're seeing celebrities everywhere and, and clubs going nuts. Can you speak on those experiences? Well, I didn't really actually go myself to this party. I heard stories about them. And, I mean, if you live here and you're here during the Fashion Week, the city is crazy. I mean, everywhere you go, there's an event, there's a party, there's an after party, there's a cocktail party, there's a pre-show party, after-show party, there's a show, there's photographers running around celebrities everywhere mm, that's really if you're look, looking at it from an outside world perspective like if you're a tourist and you come here it really looks like all the glitters you know photographers pictures everywhere models walking in the street you see the subway packed with models going to castings 
the parties are wild. I mean, there's always exclusive parties. Wait, there's a bunch on. of models on the subway? Just, always. I should be here during that time. Yeah, <laughs> you're missing out. There's always so many models walking around. You see them, you spot them, and they're clearly models. And the parties are wild. I mean, every show and every every big stylist has this secret party that everyone wants to go to. So you just need to get your invitation and get there. And there's... I don't know, they have fireworks and all this stuff and you just want to be there because it's full of celebrities and there's a big, I don't know, last year there was Black Coffee at one of these super famous DJ, one of these parties and everyone wanted to be there. I don't know what happens in there because I haven't been there personally, but it is kind of wild. Drugs everywhere, alcohol everywhere. What do uh, the Milanese local people think of all this? They take pride in it? Mm, they don't take pride in it, but they would like to be very much in it. So okay. they always try to get their invitation because if you're not a model, you can't go technically. But they always try to find their way in there. So they say, ah, fashion is such a shitty thing. The city is full of traffic. Models everywhere. I hate it. But then I want to go to this party because I heard it's so crazy and nuts. I want to be there. So they complain. But deep down, they would like to be part of it. That It's always been like that. Okay, as we wrap up this uh, model segment, what advice would you give or revelations you've learned from this world to people that um, are interested in it, want to be a part of it, or maybe are jealous of it? I've jealous. I would not use the word jealous. I don't know. You don't want to be jealous of someone who lives like a model in Milan because they live a shitty life. You need to... Yeah, go more into that. Why do they live a shitty life? <laughs> because they live sucked up in a studio apartment, four of them. Uh, completely at the mercy of the agency, bossing them around. Like, you need to be here at this time, here at this time. Did you say you told them what to eat and stuff too? We suggested them what to eat when they were not really in the shape that we wanted them to be. So we gave them tips, like what they were supposed to eat, what was better. Like one apple a day and a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) Basically, lots of water, no carbs. So, yeah, as an agency, you also need to tell them when they're not in shape because they need to have certain sizes to fit in the clothes for the show. So if you have a model that is supposed to be walking shows, she's need, she needs to be aware of the size that she has. So these girls are obsessed with what they eat. And so you don't want to be jealous of that because there's nothing to be jealous of. I think it's a terrible life they are, live. Are they not just, I mean, they on the outside look super confident. You said some of them are kind of, you know, they give you like a look at you and, and all that, but... I mean, aren't a lot of them just hella insecure and just... Yeah, probably. I mean, I was not really friends with them because technically, yeah, as an agency, you were their boss. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just not one of the main bookers, but I mean, you technically, you are the boss, so you're not really friends with them. I think some majority of them were very insecure because, I mean, they were maybe 15, living abroad for the first time, not speaking a word of Italian because that language barrier is a real thing. Like, we couldn't communicate with these poor girls. Like, I didn't know how to tell them how to take the subway. So they were here, but instead of 15, so that's terrible life. So mental breakdowns and stuff? or mm, Yeah, some of them came to the agency crying because they didn't know what to do and they felt lost, they were not working, they were sitting around all day doing nothing because they didn't book any jobs. So, of course, some of them were having breakdowns because they thought they would come here and poof, making money and being rich, but no, that not, that's not what happened. So if you want to be a model, you need to be aware of the fact that you're not going to come to Milan and be top model day after 
you need to work hard for it. Don't believe a word you're told to. <laughs> like, you need to find your way. No, it's a lonely word. The fashion industry is a lonely word. Most of the models pretend to be friends, but actually they would stab each other to get a show. <laughs> so you don't really want to be a friend with one of these models. So it's all the glitters until you're a model here. And I'm, I felt really bad for some of them, and that's even why I decided that I didn't want to be a part of the world anymore. Yeah. Um, looking back, what do you have to say? You know, you want to leave that chapter in your life. I mean, you're still wearing nice clothes and you're still probably keeping up with the fashion or after that experience there, I mean, are you just totally turned off of this world or, or what? I look at it for, with different eyes, for sure. Like, I'm not turned off because I think that fashion is a huge part of Milan. Like, the city was built on fashion, maybe not literally, but a lot of things going around fashion like brings a lot of money to the city so it's huge part of the culture here so for sure i'd still admire it and I still look at the shows when the fashion week is here but i know what's behind it and i know that when you see a show with models and glitters they're these poor girls are paid a hundred euro so you see it with completely different eyes you know you think it's like ah oh, this model must have made 10,000 euro for one second and you think they're so lucky and that, no 100 euro that's crazy yes so i look at it with completely different eyes of course i'm still into it and i've always been fascinated fascinated by the word that's why i wanted to work there because you know i always thought it was nice and always been part of my life because i've lived the fashion weeks from the outside being an outsider like walking in the street full of models and thinking ah, oh, it must be so cool but now that I've worked there and I see a show I think all oh, these poor girls <laughs> like yes of course nice clothes but I wonder what they needed to do to get there you know yeah it's quite interesting okay speaking about Milan's identity let's talk about um your perspective on different places in Italy what do you think of uh Venice people in Venice first of all is Milan the best of Italy is this the best place well, according to me, yes, but I'm, I'm sure that this is not an opinion that everyone is sharing. Some people think Rome is the best city ever. Some people think Florence is. I think Milan is the most international and open-minded city because not everywhere you go in Italy, you have the same mentality and the same culture. Italy is one country, but there are very different mindsets no. everywhere you go. So what I think about Venice, and Venice as a city or Benito, people? the whole area. But yeah. the, the people living there? Yeah, the people, the people. <sighs> you told me they eat cats. They eat cats. It's very it's common knowledge here. If you ask anyone, you know they eat cats and they eat weird stuff. Uh, they drink a lot. They curse a lot. They are... They think their region is unique and they think it's basically not part of Italy. It's something else because it's much better than anywhere you go. They brag about the region and about their food and everything when actually it's just another region in Italy. But they think they should be, because in Italy there are some regions and have some special rules applying to them, like Sardinia and other regions, and they w would want it, Veneto to be one, also one of these regions, so they think they're better than anyone else. It's amazing how separate Italy is, because, you know, obviously throughout the last couple thousand years there's been different kingdoms different conquerors it's been split up you know the venice republic the genoa republic you know the kingdom of two sicilies naples i mean it is like a lot of different cultures um 
Tuscany. Tuscany. Tell me about Tuscany. Mm, Tuscany is is accepted as one of the nicest region in Italy. A lot of people in Milan have a second house or a villa in Tuscany because the countryside is so beautiful. They have nice, they have nice food, nice wine. People living there are usually super funny. They speak in a very funny way, a very weird Italian accent. They can't pronounce the C, which makes it super funny to hear. So Tuscany, I would say, is pretty a pretty decent region considered by those living in Milan is nice. So people are funny, nice food, nice wine. Overall. But overall, like the Milanese people think they're kind of the hot shit, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. You guys are the, the yeah. top dogs here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, south of Rome. Controversial. Including Naples. Yeah. Co- you're anonymous. You, you say it. No, I no. I, but I, I, it's controversial. What if we think south of Rome? So... There's this issue where we think that people in Milan work to maintain people in the south because they don't work at all. So, of course, we're not really, we don't really fancy those living in the south because we think they're lazy. It's stronger than that. You guys say some, some mean things about them. Yes, they say mean things about us too. I oh. think it's mutual. It's mutual hate that's yeah. going on. We tolerate each other to some extent. Because you guys think you're like totally different people though, don't you? Different yeah. cultures. Yes, I consider myself completely different from someone living in Naples. We don't have the same mindset. We don't think the things in the same way. We we live the day in completely different ways. Like in Milan, you start working at eight and you finish at six thirty-seven. In Naples, you start working at ten. You have two hours lunch break and you finish at four, and then you go to the seaside. (laughs) For us, that's unacceptable. You know, if I go to Naples and I sit in a coffee and I wait for my coffee more than one minute, I think they're lazy ass, not working. (laughs) So for us, that's really unacceptable. So. Where does this difference come from? Is it the, like, Germanic in I mean, the northern Italy or what? I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't blame them. They live in a beautiful place, sunny and warm all year long. Like, I wouldn't want to work either if I lived there. So if you think about it from an outer perspective, I know, I can't blame them. They want to have a two-hour lunch break so they can go to the beach. I mean, I think I would do the same. But I think it's just a matter of culture and they've always lived there, you know, and they they're not prepared to work as much as we are i'm not sure prepared is the right word but they are not keen on working that much they're not workaholic as we are like here is all about your career and building your career and growing as a person after you've gone to university and you want to be a leader in your company in the south they of course they care about this thing but they also care about sleeping in in the morning and going to the beach afterwards they have family as a value which is much more stronger than we have here in the north so they want to hang out with their family still, much more it still seems pretty strong in the north the italian family mm. if you see very strong family bond in the north it's probably because they're from the south so, okay, yeah. moving here because a lot of them moved up right yeah, so to work. there's there's a lot of people from the south in milan i mean yeah. they're everywhere restaurants owners and old people working in the municipalities they're all from the south. All the people working in the law enforcement, like police, carabinieri, vigili del fuoco, 80% of them are from the south. So if you see a very strong family bond here, it's probably because they're from the south. I mean, I'm close to my family and all of my friends are, of course, but not as strong as it is in the south. Like, if I go out with the guy I'm dating, I'm not introducing it to my family. 
if you are in the south and you're going out with a girl, you need to introduce them to your family. It needs to be done. We don't. Really traditional. Yes, in every traditional way, like you need to have the blessing from a father in order to marry. In the north, it's not as much eradicated as it is in the south. A question just came to me. It seems like uh, in the south too, but the Italian people spend like sixty to seventy percent of their money on appearance. Is that true? Like you guys always have to look good and dressed up and. There's uh, security guards at H&M wearing Rolexes. I mean, it seems like you guys really care about your appearance. Why is that? Just because fashion is part of us. Just like we, I was saying before, I mean, you can't take fashion away from Italy. It's always been like that. I don't even know why, but it's always been like that. Of course, we care about looking good because it's part of our culture. Like, we don't want to look sloppy and... Like Americans? Like exactly. <laughs> we don't want to look like that. We just want to always, like... I have friends that are working in internship and rather not eat than having a nice pair of shoes, for example, because they want to show it and brag they could afford a pair of shoes that it's expensive and it's fancy, you know. So, yes, appearance is important for us. If you walk in the street of Milan dressed in a weird way, everyone's going to stare at you in a weird way. Which, for example, if you go to Berlin and you walk in the street wearing, I don't know, without your pants, nobody would care. Everyone would be just walking around thinking you're crazy, but no one's going to stare. And uh, you lived in Berlin. Yes. What did you take away from that experience, you know, different from here? Did you grow a lot or would you have second thoughts about things? No, I mean, I loved it, but it's completely different. It's a lot more edgy, a lot more underground. Like I said, nobody cares about appearance there. Like, you can do whatever. You can be totally free there. Like, you can just, I don't know, walk out in your pajama. Nobody would care. Like, here, if you don't wear makeup to trash your growth, like, to put, like to go downstairs to trash your can, like, your garbage, they would look weird at you. So it's a completely different thing there. I loved it, but it's Not completely different. Not as judgmental. Like, n- nothing. They- Why is it so judgmental here? I, I don't even know because everyone thinks it's be- they're better than anyone else. So if they see someone looking weird, they would be like, oh, this poor thing. I mean, I don't even know. It's part of the culture that we have here, staring at people dressed in a weird way. or Milan is very proud. Mm, as a city, you mean. People... Yeah, and the people. like They think they're pretty hot shit. Yes, kind of, yes. <laughs> Maybe recently it has gone a little bit better because it's getting more international, more people from abroad living here, a lot of people from the south. This is the richest place in Italy, Milan. I mean, I don't know about the numbers and I wouldn't want to give any false information, but I think this is the place the where you make the most here, money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, or in the region at least. Maybe not in the city, but in the region of Milan, Lombardy. Yeah. I I would say yes. Doesn't mean that it's the best region where you can live, but as you could see during this virus situation, we were the most unorganized because we didn't have money for healthcare, for example, because mm-hmm. a lot of the politicians decided it was better to cut found for the healthcare and put them somewhere else, their pockets, for example. So when it was time to have tests, the COVID tests on 10,000 people in the region, they didn't have them because they didn't have the money because they took the money and put them in their pockets. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean... And that's interesting because a lot of people think the corruption's in the South, but it's still up in the North. Yes, it's everywhere. Maybe maybe not as strong. Um, yeah, I think it's just as strong as in the South. On different levels, maybe. But mafia is here too, you know. Yeah. Camorra yeah. is here too. 
Mm, I think it's hiding in plain sight. Everyone accepts it. Okay. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but you know that if you see a construction site, very likely mafia is doing something there. I don't know. Recycling, laundering some money in the construction site. I didn't know it was that big still in the north. A lot of people said it wasn't that bad. Especially in Milan, because it's oh, okay. the city where well, the, the money most is. money are. So, yes. I okay. mean, I think everyone is aware of it. They don't want to admit it, but it's it's clearly here. Maybe not, because in the south, maybe it's more concrete, because you see people in the street shotting each other, because they're part of different clans or families, you know. Maybe it doesn't happen here, but it's more behind the scene. It's more eradicated yeah. in politics, yeah. for example. Yeah. In the South as well, but here, the same, you know. Politicians are always a little bit corrupted, which is sad, but it's true, you know. Yeah, in the South, they really don't talk about it. Like They're, like, scared to even talk about it. So no, you can get shot yeah. if you talk about it. Yeah, you don't say nothing. And if you cross paths with someone that is not happy with you talking bad about them. They used to just... have to do the thing where you look down, too. Like, look on the ground, like so you don't look anyone in the eyes. I forgot what it was called. It was like a saying. I don't know. I'm not very familiar with this kind of gestures because, I mean, here in Milan you don't have it. But I know that if you go to some streets of Naples, it's it's better if you don't look at anyone in the eye. Just walk your way, facing where you have to go, looking down, eyes slow, pretending not to see anything that's going on around you. Because if you see it and you're, you're there where it, someone is shooting someone and you can be, I don't know... Um, eyewitness of what happened you can get shot because they don't want any witness of what happened you know okay last thing before we wrap up here is the whole la dolce vita because you give me a lot of shit for saying this and you think well why what is about it what do you i mean do you love italy or not because i i do and it seems like you got some pessimistic parts about it and you said it's not really la dolce vita well, as an Italian, I would never say we're living La Dolce Vita. If you ask any Italian here, no one would say we're living La Dolce Vita. Is it tourist? Yes, it's just something that people from abroad think of Italy. Like, as an Italian, you would never say you're living La Dolce Vita. You do it maybe for your Instagram picture, because you take a picture with a Vespa in a tiny street. That's it. But I would never say it out loud, yes, I'm living La Dolce Vita. I mean, to me, it doesn't make any sense. I don't it's know. not the sweet life? Because you... Because maybe you're used to all this and this, you know, beauty and then you go take a train and you're down in the most amazing seas and the beaches and the tiny yeah, little alleys. Know. Yeah, maybe we take it for granted. Yeah. I don't know. For sure, if you have it every day, it's not like if you're just here as a tourist for a week and you go to Amalfikos and you see how beautiful it is and astonished and you're like, wow. Um, for me... I would never say that I go to Positano and live La Dolce Vita. I don't know, to me it doesn't make any sense. But maybe it's just me. But I'm sure if you ask some of my friends, we were always making fun of this friend of mine from Switzerland. She came here and she was like, ah, just like you, ah, La Dolce Vita, pasta al dente. <laughs> she was walking around posting pictures like, ciao, or strada, like just with these words. And to me it made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Like I was like, why are you saying this? Like, what does it mean to you? And she said exactly the thing you said. So I think it's just something from people not living yeah. here, embracing the city and the culture and feeling the warmth and the, I don't know, the hospitality that we have. Are people, people in Italy overall, do you think, happy with life? Do they enjoy living in Italy and they take pride in Italy? I don't think we are really a very patriotic... It seems the South is very happy. 
Well, as I said, they live in beautiful places. So, Mm. of course, they don't really care about what happens around them because you wake up and you have this beauty of the sea in front of you every day. Like, how can you not be happy? I mean, I would be probably in the same spot as they are. Of course, it's nice to be living in Milan. It's beautiful. In two hours, you're in Liguria with beautiful sea and everything. We're not really proud of our country. Like in the US, you're so proud of your country and you show it every day and you have flags and you celebrate it. And when you go outside, you say, yes, I'm American. You say with pride in your eyes. If I go somewhere and I meet an Italian, they would be like, yeah, yes, I'm from Italy. Like we don't really care. So I don't think it's as strong as a feeling to be Italian as it is. In other, like French people, for example, they're much more devoted to the country than we are. Aren't you guys more devoted to your cities, not the country? Yes. Or your region? That's part of, yes. Like, I'm super proud to say that I'm from Milan. If I'm, if I'm, if they ask me, where are you from? I would be like, I am from Milan, in the city, not in the outskirts. I'm from the city. <laughs> so you're like, super proud of where you're from, like, city-wise. But as a country, I think everyone is kind of on its own. I don't know, it's terrible to say, but Italians are like... Rivalries? Not rivalries, but they, they're they like, this is my life and the rest... I don't even know how to explain it. Like, It's like a mentality thing. Like You think for yourself and you don't care about the others. Oh. I think. like You don't really care about the, the country as a like th- this is why there's so much haters between north and south like if you were a close country maybe the south would not be so devastated with people not being able to find a job and immigrants everywhere that work in the fields for zero money in a terrible place with people treating them like beasts and we would be much more united and as as a country i don't know it's like it everyone doesn't feel united no it doesn't and also as people Everyone is like on its own, I think. We don't have this feeling of being part of something and is missing out. Like why a lot of people in Italy commit fraud and don't pay taxes because they think it's easier to do that. And then you'd be like, yes, but you need to pay taxes. And and they think you're the stupid one for paying taxes, you know, because they think of their own interests and their own pockets and you're richer that way and you're never going to get caught because it's very unlikely. And so you think of the, your own interests and you think the other people are stupid for paying taxes because it's so much easier, you know, not to declare a house, a car, and you work without even having a contract so you get the money right away so you don't have to give 50% to the state and it's easier that way. I don't know. I think this is part of the mentality of Italians and thinking, this is me, this is my life, this is my money. We are in Italy, you know, so we, we always say, siamo in Italia, you know. When you, something is going wrong, you're like, eh, si, siamo in Italia. We're in Italy, you know. You surrender yourself to the fact that this is Italy and the rules are not really existing anymore, you know. Wow, that's interesting. Does that stem from the, the mafia, mafia and all that, or what? No idea where it stems from, but... It's just like, fuck it, you can't change it. So yes, just because people have this stupid, dumb mentality that they can't change things. And, of course, you can't build Rome in a day but if everyone would be more part of something and a little bit more proud and everyone would pay their taxes and making a stupid example of taxes because it's the first thing that comes to my mind. North and South that's all you talk about. No but even Milan. But you see the tax map it's like they're red in the South and it's green in the North. Yeah but everyone but a lot like the richest people in Milan they don't pay taxes for sure or they declare one-fifth of what they earn to the 
Italian bank and the rest they just put it in their pockets but if everyone thought maybe if I paid my own taxes then public health care would be so much better schools would be so much better the streets would not be that dirty you know if everyone would start thinking like that maybe it could get a little bit better you know in time not in one day maybe in years maybe not even my children but you know last thing for our american listeners what do you and milan and italians generally think of americans and the country well a lot of italians went to the u.s you know for their looking for their american dream right after maybe war or something because italy was still poor and they wanted to have their perfect life like in the magazine they were seeing you know shiny and all yeah so of course the u.s is not seen as a bad country i don't know there's a lot of family over there a lot of italians yes and in general we watch american movies we read american books we watch american comedians in during the show we watch we listen to the music we watched all the, the met gala the we watch mm-hmm. the oscar we a lot of the American culture is part of the Italian as well because we want to emulate them so much. We like what they do. We try to make the movies as good as they are, as they have the Hollywood movies. We try to do in Cinecittà, of course, with the big failure. We have Italian movies, but not as good as they have it in the U.S. Wait, where is that? Cinecittà. It's like close to Rome. That's where the movies are shot. Mm. That's like our, the your Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. Very poor, okay. <laughs> lame attempt to <laughs> to be similar to Hollywood. Of course, they had a different, completely different story and completely different type of movies made there. Like you know, a lot of the Italian old movies were made there. So, uh, in general, Americans are always appreciated when it comes to like personality wise. We always think they're funny, goofy. You know, always ready to I don't know, hang out chill that's what we always i mean if you ask someone they would never say americans are i don't know not nice overall they're appreciated in italy i think they always want to go people always want to go to miami and see how it is there you know with all the bodybuilders and people in a bikini and they want to go to new york and see how it is to live in a big apple city that never sleeps so for us it's kind of a myth you know because it's so far away and you always want to go? Yeah, it's interesting. Any negatives? About the Americans? Yeah. Their sense of style? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the khaki shorts? The, 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 the baggy, golf, the baggy shorts? And shirt. the baggy polo shorts and the golf outfit they always guy wear. What are some tips for Americans to do better style? Oh, please drop the New Balance shoes. And the, with the, the dad with shoes? The, yes. With the dro- white socks? Please drop it. It's, you cannot see something like that. <laughs> drop it. And the golden necklaces on the polo t-shirts are awful. Oh, and they have it like, uh, yeah. A lot of that's Terrible. Like, yeah. the, no, the super big golden stuff that you wear. Oh, like yeah. the cross. Oh, terrible. <laughs> please drop those. Anything else? No flip-flops with long trousers. Okay, okay. That's no. No baggy jeans. No baggy jeans. No. Tight, tight. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to wear looser-fitted things until I started moving to Europe, and I'm like, damn, this is kind of nicer when you wear tighter good things. Good toys, good toys. And then you can't wear a hoodie anywhere, everywhere. You need to wear a short sometimes. Hoodies are not accepted everywhere you go. 
and the, the hoodies with the name of the university. Okay, one is nice, you can sleep in it, you cannot walk the street with a t-shirt with your university name everywhere you go. All the lemonade stuff, yeah. It's nice, it's cool, you can sleep it and use it as a pyjama, but that's it. <laughs> that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, I think we got a good perspective from a Milanese about the fashion world here and then the rest of Italy. So I appreciate you coming on. Um, any final words? Mm, not really. La dolce vita? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, until next time.